One of the biggest obstacles artists face in the music game is access. Getting access to the people that can make it happen or access to the information and resources you need to get to the next level. That's the key. That's why you need two of the biggest in the game on your side. Introducing J.R. McKee. Boom Man, welcome to the real industrial plug. You heard me? Yes, sir. Welcome to a special episode of Real Industry Plugs. Listen, first of all, I had to do this while Norvay was in town. We had to catch him, you know what I'm saying? It's a real, well, you know, he's from Chicago, but I, every time I see him, he in Los Angeles, you know what I'm saying, with all the big ballers and stuff. So I had to catch him while he was in Atlanta. We got Norvay Denson, the senior vice president. I got to put the senior on it. The senior it vice president of A&R at Warner Records. Norvay, man, we appreciate you, man. We appreciate you for having me. So, so let me let me start it off by by saying this because you know what I mean. Norvay is a very behind the scenes brother. First of all, this is his first time ever even being on Instagram Live. So, yeah, so thank 100%. you, yeah. So thank 100%. you for that, brother. So, but but very behind the scenes person. But Norvay, I don't know if you know this, but you know when I when I was reading your bio and I and, and I've, I've worked with Norvay before, but when I was reading your bio and everything, I was like, man, like you're really living a lot of people's dreams. Like a lot mm. of people dream of working inside of the label and ascending to where you've ascended to. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're at you're at the peak. The senior means senior, my dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like. You know, so I just want to congratulate you. Is what I'm trying to say. What I was trying to get to was, man, and then we're the same age. Norvay yeah. is young. This this is not a, a 40, 50 year old man. This man is in his 30s, and he's senior vice president of A and R at Warner Records. And so, I was, congratulations, brother. Man, congratulations to you, bro. Yeah. You've been doing it on your own, which is even harder. You know what I'm saying? Nah. Like not being inside buildings, making your own. You know what I'm saying? Real entrepreneurship, like yeah. not nah. to be taken for granted. I appreciate it, bro. But I just, I just wanted. It ain't about me right now. <laughs> Congratulations to you, brother. Appreciate you know what you, I mean? Bro. You, you definitely living the dream. Like I, we, we at Industry Plugs because me and Boom are execs. We talk a lot to the executives. Yeah. And literally, the number one dream is to be where you're sitting. So, I, you know what I mean? Like you, you worked very hard to get there. I already know that, but still, man, I just want to make sure you, you are working. Sometimes we don't, we don't open our eyes. We're like, damn, we really doing it? Nah, you know what? It's, it's that that moment of clarity when you like shit like i it doesn't it doesn't miss me like you know i'm literally i remember 16 17 wanting to be in this exact same spot so like if the shit all ended today i'd be happy like i made yeah. it yeah yeah so congratulations so so let's let's go ahead and start by starting at the beginning of the journey you're from chicago Chirac in the building. Southside, to be specific. Southside, you know, yeah. that's one of my favorite TV shows too. By the way, y'all should check that out. It's on HBO Max. Southside of yeah. Chicago. Yeah. But yeah, so you're from Southside of Chicago. So like, first of all, growing up, what what made you pick music, or did music pick you? Tell tell me how it started for you. I ain't really had no choice, man. My OG, my mama was in the house playing Otis Red and Al Green, Billy Preston, BB uh, King. Patty LaBelle, Anita Baker. So like, you know, when I'm when I'm five, four, five, six, like it's already, you know, predetermined. Like you wake up on Sunday mornings, yeah. she playing Anita Burger, you give me joy through the house and shit like that. So I was already exposed to it. And then my older brother, he put me on hip hop. So 
I met yeah. hip hop at like five, and I'm listening to Scarface, UGK, Ghetto Boys, NWA, whole bunch of shit that five year old shouldn't be listening to. You know what <laughs> yeah. What I mean? And yeah. I'm so I'm tapped in. Like I thought Scarface was like the scariest, but most you know appealing figure ever. Like I remember listening to Scarface, and I was being scared to listen to the shit. Cause he, you know, he, he frightened me literally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But still tapped in. But it was like, I, this shit scared me. But I want to dig into it deeper. So I ain't really have a choice. I was locked in by the time I got to six, seven. Wow. Okay. And, and so let me let me ask. Cause I always ask when when people are successful, everybody sort of has that feeling. Everybody sort of has that dream. But you know, I always want to know what separates the people that actually go out and go for it and go out and do it versus the people who just had that dream. So. At, at the early age, I know you you started, you got your first internship in college, but like, yeah. what made you go for it though? Like, what what was if you could think back to that time? Like, what made you say, okay, I'm really gonna do this? I remember the uh, I was working for a gentleman who ran uh, the street teams for Def Jam. Okay, and he told me he said, man, you need to get his music shit up. You know, it's gonna be too difficult. This <laughs> around the time like CDs and stuff was crashing, and they was making a transition into like the mp3s and downloads and stuff like that and itunes had just came about so the industry was readjusting you know what i'm saying right. it's like oh four through oh six oh seven and everybody was trying to figure out what was next and he was just like you know i think you should find another field because it's going to be too distracting too hard to get into and my whole take was like if they gonna hire somebody for these jobs because record labels weren't just going to disappear overnight yeah if they was going to hire somebody for these jobs even if it was one position, shit, I deserved that one position and wasn't nobody going to outwork me. So as long as it was one seat left, I'm going to get that one get seat. It. You know what I'm saying? Hey, J.R. McKee here. Listen to all of my artists, managers, and executives. It's time to evolve into the streaming business. I'm the number one streaming executive in the industry with over 30 platinum and gold records in the last two years alone. I've been teaching everybody how to do what I do. So if you're interested in breaking through in the streaming business, go ahead and enroll in my masterclass to join my stream team community. The link's in the bio. Or visit our website, thestreamteam.club. Y'all know what's going on, man. It's your big homie, Boom Man, checking in. Authentic Empire's own CEO. If you want to set up a meeting, you want to rock with the team, you want to get heard, all you got to do is log on to www.authenticempiremg.com or text the number 4485700040. Let's get it. Boom. You say you were working for somebody that worked at Def Jam. He managed the street teams. Like, you know, every back then they had street teams in every major market. Yeah. Chicago, Atlanta, New York, Boston, Philly. Because, you know, when it comes to major labels, they really only proprietate in major markets like New York or L.A. Those are the only two. Yes. homestays or whatnot so if you're in a b-tier market like chicago atlanta miami they had street teams so they would have some presence within the market yeah. and i worked for the street team now i don't want to shit on this person that you're speaking about but a lot of times people who are not ascending will stop you be like listen i can't make it any further so maybe you you shouldn't even want to join this game like this is as far as i'm getting but you sitting here as senior vice president, you know what I mean? Even after he told you, he, you can't go no further in this game. You know what? I, I accepted it for what it was. That was one part projection, right? Because he yeah. probably had seen so much shit in his own life. So people always give you a little bit of their medicine whenever they're giving you yours. And mm, I was okay with that. Drop a bomb for that. <laughs> people yeah. always say it again. People, say it. people, folks always give you a little bit of their medicine when they're giving you yours because they can't wow. help it. You know what I'm saying? 
Wow. So I accepted the fact that a lot of that was projection, but then also fear, because he had a little love for me. So it's like, yeah. I don't want you to struggle, so find something safer. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. This is, this is how our parents usually treat us, by the way. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. This is yeah. how, you know what I mean? Because my dad really wanted me to go to college. And I said, nah, I got, I know what I'm doing. I'm an entrepreneur, but he still forced me to go. So he won that battle. But <laughs> he was projecting a little bit because he made it out of the hood because of college. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, college isn't going to be my route. But then also, too, it's like the average person, 85, 90% of people don't want to be entrepreneurs. Yeah. It's too hard to do. It's yeah. too risky. Takes too much time. Takes too much capital. Yeah, it's lucrative or profitable if you get to that point yeah. but the average person just want a steady nine to five right they want to be an employee and ain't nothing wrong with that because we need employees that's how the world works it makes the shit move and tick but at the end of the day like you you have to actually um accept the fact that nobody's gonna go with you on that journey mm. if you choose to go down this path it's definitely the path less taken so right. it's gonna get cold it's gonna get dark but that shit cool because we made for it so, so the internship that you that you uh, eventually got picked for, I mean, a lot of people in 2022 talk a lot of shit about internships. I don't want to work for free. I don't want to do this. What was your mindset going into that? Man, fuck working for free. I lost money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I invested in myself. Like, I remember going and pick people up from the airport. You know, I'm, I, ain't, I ain't rolling in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At that time, I, ain't, I was hurting. You going to pick people up from the airport. Every time I came into the office, I'm driving downtown. That's gas mileage parking. You know what I'm saying? You paying for your own meals and stuff like that while you working. You working crazy hours. Meanwhile, you know, I've seen people getting uh, paid internships for companies like Walgreens making $40,000 in the summer what with the? a job that was ready for them. And I was just like, man, that's cool. But shit, I'm too deep in now. I got to yeah. just stick to the shit. You know what I'm saying? That's what's up. so so. How do you transition an internship into an actual job, though? I mean, in my mind, it's like I have to stand out some way to that. What? Well, well, let me say what I said. What I tell people is, you have to make yourself uh, what's the word? Indispensable, mm -hmm. invaluable. Like I can't afford to lose you, so that means I have to pay you. Is, is that what was your nah, experience? You was? know what? I think I was. I I I knew I wasn't gonna let nobody outwork me. Mm -hmm. So by virtue of me just grinding and being the person that you could call it, they used to, they used to send me on straight dozer missions, like stupid shit. Like, you know, call me at 11 o'clock at night. Yo, I need you to go on the north side of Chicago and put these motherfucking posters for ludicrous on red box machines. And yeah. that's like, you know, 50 miles north at 2 a.m. And I, I'm from the south side. We didn't go up north. It was segregated. Mm. So to even go up what? there, this before you had, like, I'm using MapQuest to get to these locations. You know yeah. what I'm saying? With no GPS on your cell phone or nothing like that. And I'm looking at MapQuest just to get to these places. I don't get home at 5 in the morning, but they knew they could call me because I was stupid enough to do it. Yeah. And I didn't mind because I'm telling myself, it's something on this. It's a pot of gold in the end of this rainbow. I'm going to go ahead and chase it. You right. know what I'm saying? So it's 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 just that, that, that never, that never, that sense of never say die, right. the resiliency or whatnot. Nobody, nobody was going to want it. More than I did, and I think a, a gentleman by the name of Daryl Hervey, who worked for uh, Universal, saw that and was like, "Yo, you grinding? I see you. It's a it's a position opening up for a college rep, and um, I'm gonna suggest you for it." And you know, college reps basically promoted all of the upcoming albums and stuff like that on one specific college campus. But for me, again, I wanted it a little bit more, so I went to 
I was working five or six college campuses throughout the Chicago area. Yeah. Downtown DePaul, Columbia, University of Illinois. Yeah. At Chicago, UIC, Chicago State University, going there, like, grinding out or whatnot. And I got to meet the executives when they came in town because they wanted, you know, whoever the young jit was to take right. them around and show them the, the popping restaurants. And then that led to them letting me put together promo tours for the artists. So I was quarterback and shit. And then, you know, you made enough good impressions. Eventually something opened up in L.A. when I was getting ready to graduate. And it was yeah. like, you know, gave me a shot at it. And I, I ain't never looked back since.